Hey, welcome to Real Life Horsemanship, where we go behind the scenes of the horse industry and talk to equine professionals about what it takes to make it in the horse world. This week, we're welcoming Russell Reed, the director of the equine program over at Feather River College located in Northern California. Feather River is a two-year institution with a four-year degree in equine and ranch management, and we're excited to have Russell on the show. Welcome to the Real Life Horsemanship Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ava Falcon, and I'm joined this week by our other hosts, Anna Wilson, and this week, Meg Bennett. And we have a wonderful guest with us today, Russell Reed, the director of the equine program at Feather River College. So welcome, Russell. Thank you for being on the podcast with us. It's a pleasure to be with you, uh, well, this morning. (laughs) Afternoon for some of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the way we like to start the podcast, Russell, is we just want to know a little bit about you. How did you get into horses in the first place? And then we'll go from there. Well, I think that uh, the uh, the short story, because I've been around for a while, so there's a long story. So uh, I, I started uh, when I was in high school, I went to a summer camp and they had a horse program at that summer camp. And for whatever strange reason, I kind of got into that. And uh, I came back as a counselor and I worked at that camp all through and ran their horse program eventually all through high school and college. And so that's kind of where my, I mean, I worked with horses all summer long for all through high school and and college. And then when I went to college at Cal Poly, my degree was in ag business, but I was very uh, active in the animal science part. That was my other major, my minor, as they used to call it. And so I did a lot took all the horse classes and got involved in the beef part of it. And so I was real active and that was my interest at that time of the horses and starting colts. And uh, I got, they have a program at Cal Poly, which is called the Escuela Ranch Project. And I think they still have it, that uh, students are chosen, which I thought was pretty neat that I was chosen, that um, to run uh, a cattle ranch for uh, a year. Uh, it's a whole process and so I was able to ride my horses out there and it was kind of neat because I could start colts and ride them out there that is so cool yeah it really is it well all those experiences really uh affected me here what we do here at the college frankly yeah so cool so what and then I just kind of went from there uh worked on ranches and and then kind of stumbled over here uh when I started the program in 1980 it was primarily a, a outfitter guides business, and that was mostly in uh, teaching students and working with horses, not not mules, but horses packing and and in the backcountry. So that's the, the short story. But then there's quite a story from that point to where we are today. But that's yeah. how I got it. So yeah, I was going to ask how you ended up at Feather River. If you, you it sounds like you had the horse background but did you necessarily have any like teaching experience and how did that work integrating with the college uh sort of um it was kind of nice when i was in the <laughs> summer program when you because you're kind of teaching young folks about horses so i, I kind of got mm-hmm. into that kind of stumbled around that in in that regard mm-hmm. then i went and uh got my master's at uh in in business uh administration in, in with the emphasis on recreation, they call it a recreation uh, a business degree in uh, a master. So I kind of got into that, but I got hired at the college, not for my horse skills at all. I got hired, uh, it was just a, a, by a coincidence that I was living up here and uh, they needed somebody to teach uh, uh, because of, uh, a faculty member was leaving or something. And then I, I started teaching and and then it was my great idea to start with a horse program because I did it in the summer. I had my own business. Mm-hmm. I packed out and did all kinds of things in the summertime, you know, outfitting, guiding, taking daily uh, saddle rides, those kind of things. Yeah. Wow. How did, I remember uh, we talked a while ago, how did the program over at Feather River get started? Well, uh, I started it out in the corner of the college. 
with no money. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how I did it. So don't ask me any more than that. Solid <laughs> advice like, oh, it's really good to stand in the middle of a, a vacant lot and then start a horse program. I wouldn't have thought that a whole lot of people. Uh, but actually, the, the funny part is, is that what really got the ball rolling is we had a grant from the Kellogg's Corporation, the Cornflakes folks, that Kellogg's, wow. uh, they, they, they gave us a grant for to innovative uh, uh, career tech kind of activities and, and packing was one of them. And so uh, they gave us some money and we used a little bit to get you know, to buy a, we had a barn and we put a barn up and a little corral, bought wood. And it's, I, I don't want to get too far off in that because it was a, a quite a, a learning process and a bunch of people helped. And it was, it was kind of a fun deal back in those days. A lot different than it is today. Let me tell you, Bob. <laughs> would you, would you feel comfortable um, just expanding a little bit about you, you just mentioned it's different than it is now. Um, you know, hopefully some of our listeners are folks who might be interested in an equine type degree for college. Would you talk a little bit about um, right now at Feather River College, what that's like and what students, prospective students might could expect? Sure. Um, the, you know, how we evolved where we are today is really a, a, a sequential kind of process. And I would say that for young folks that, you know, that that's really important to understand that, that, yeah, you might have a vision and a dream, which is really good to have because it gives you kind of a path to go on, but be prepared to, to do it sequentially and be able to take every step as an opportunity for the next step, even though you might not know where that next step's going. Cause I can tell you, boy, howdy, I did not know I'd be sitting here talking to you uh, 42 years ago when I started the program. So I'm telling you, that's different. Today, the generally, just to kind of briefly say what we do is we try to give uh, in the horse program. Now we have different programs here because we have an equine program, we have a beef science program, and we also have a, 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 a rodeo, a intercollegiate rodeo program. So that's all part of the ag department. So my general role as the ag department chair is to, you know, put all that circus together. So we yeah. have actually three major areas and we also have a business end of it, uh, ag business end of it too. Uh, mm -hmm. But that doesn't take, you know, horses and buck and bulls and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, what a, what a student would do if they're here at, at, at with the equine student, what they would do is that we we have a breeding program, so we start with our mares and and our stallions, and we talk about that. There's there's classroom experiences there of genetics, reproductive skills. We move that into our foaling process, where we have a class where students participate in the actually foaling, and then we have the uh, the yearling plan. We have class where students halter school the yearlings and go through that process. We start all our own horses here and we start about 25 a year or between 25 and 30 horses we start. And, and then those horses we eventually sell on our annual horse sale every year, third week of May, by the way. Um, and that whole process is based on a, a career path options. If you can okay. think about it, look at all those different opportunities for students to get introduced to the topic. They're not going to be perfect at it, but they get the reproductive side. They mm -hmm. get the cult starting mm -hmm. side. They get the mare care and full care start. So what we've done is we've just taken a, a real life situation and turned it into an educational process. Mm. That's kind of wow. what we do. That is a very yeah. succinct, I meant like, I'm impressed with that description. <laughs> that is, a, I want to go back to school. Can I, <laughs> I know. rewind 10 years? Well, let me tell you, since I, I'm watching, you have a Matador uh, bull deal on you that you're wearing. We, oh, do, yeah. we, we do the same thing with our, our, our B side. Uh, and we take that same model because we designed a, a kind of, we just recently built it here just several years ago. We have a whole, we, we have about 50 mother cows. We, we are in a seed stock, uh, Angus seed stock program where we sell our bulls. All the students are involved in that whole process. Uh, and we halter school our bulls. We, you know, wow. 
and then we go to three bull sale. We just we're following right as we speak today. We're selling bulls today. Uh, wow. We go to Red Bluff. We go to uh, Klamath Falls, and we go to Fallon. Students are involved in that whole process. That's incredible. And we believe that when the and same thing with our horse sale that when we get our students out in the industry, when people are buying horses and seeing what students can do, it's an opportunity for them to get uh, not only uh, uh, positions, but they get to model what maybe is expected of them in the real world. And that's what I think college should be. It should be an, an opportunity for education, knowledge, and then skill development, but most importantly, a real life situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is kind of neat. I mean, this is just hot topic. Uh, yeah. As, just I had to sneak because I had another appointment. But uh, right now we're we've been invited to do a uh, competition. A Road to the Horse is kind of a, a annual competition. And oh, we, we're big fans of Road to the Horse. We're familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I was there with Nick Dowers on several times. He's a past student of ours. Wow. Nick Dowers. He's kind yes, of our all star student. But uh, <laughs> the um, but we've been invited to go at intercollegiate. Uh, a competition and we're in that competition and I was just there 10 minutes ago watching our our team which we have chosen and we we went through a neat process that whole process we we interviewed 25 of our students and we picked four to go on the team and then we have a couple alternatives so that every one of those students all 25 of them voluntarily interviewed for that for that process that's cool so that is what so we cool. do is we try to say hey interview they had two sets of interviews to go through just to get into that plan we did that intentionally you know my got a wonderful faculty they they're smart enough to say give them those experiences so they have a they get an experience for interview for a damn job that's what it's all about so we try yeah. i think what you're trying to see is that this connection of all the activities that we do we try to always roll in of some kind of of, of a career tech yeah. Um, I was going to ask, what kind of horsemanship methods do you teach to prepare your students and what are you trying to prepare them for with the methods that you're teaching at the school? What I, what I think is the case is what we try to do is, and this is from years of experience and some of the people that I have had the fortune enough to spend time with and they taught me in my younger years. Uh, as I was going to college, I was being taught. So I, I was about, as they say, as young teachers, I was a half a chapter ahead of my whole class. So in that process, I was fortunate enough to get hooked up with Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt and some of the classical people. And I was able to spend time with them. And I was very fortunate enough to be in that environment. So what I learned from that earlier part, it took me a while to get this figured out. I'm still figuring it out. But <laughs> you, you, it's it's a little difficult to teach technique skills before you teach knowledge now that's mm -hmm. from the academic side so that's what i'm kind of biased because sure. traditionally we would teach career tech people like like i do my son you know just do it follow me <laughs> watch what i'm doing and I'm right. not tell you why i'm just not going to tell you why son you just do it my way right yeah. <laughs> I live that. I don't know. And I'm a teacher. So uh, and uh, so what I'm getting at is that I kind of learned the hard way that I, I can do a better job with a student if they understand why they're doing something prior to when they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, it's, it is a kind of a, unfortunately kind of a tough thing here because students, rightfully so, young folks say, no, 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 no. I just I want to go ride horses. Yeah. Quit talking about it. <laughs> Let's get out of the classroom. Let's <laughs> saddle up and let's go ride. And so there's this co constant competition with this idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I just talk a little bit about it first? Can I tell you a little bit of biomechanics, how horses move? Can I talk a little bit about how horses think and how their brain and their chemistry and how their neuro uh, circuitry is, is similar to ours because we're mammals, but it changes and we, how we curl it. Oh, shut up. Let's get out and ride. Yeah. So I, um, <laughs> I am always constantly on that battle, always have been. <laughs> so I hope that's answering your question because the, the philosophy that we teach here is real simple. It's your job to make a decent relationship with a horse, mm -hmm. and a decent mm -hmm. relationship. And if you don't want it, you can have a cruddy relationship. You can have a kind of okay relationship. 
I want a real good relationship. And if you want a good relationship with anything, you're going to have to work real hard about coming toward that other individual, that horse, that human, whatever, in a way that that horse wants to be around you. If you they want to be around you and they mm -hmm. feel very confident around you, then guess what happens is you can teach them. Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. and they want to learn so that's that's the process uh the ray hunt tom dorrance kind of topics make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy recognize the really the smallest try and the littlest change those little ditties as i call them are so critical of developing a mindset and if you think that is that a way or process no it, it's just a way of thinking yeah if you can think and you can develop these kind of ways of getting along, you'll do just fine. Mm -hmm. All horses are different. All situations are different. You're dealing with different genetics, big horses, little horses, but they're all good and they're all horses and they're all going to do something different. So you have to have a bag of uh, opportunities in your bag for those horses. You just mm -hmm. have to be ready for it. Can't teach you everything, what to do at, at every moment, but I can sure teach you how to think. I can try yeah that's cool so going back to talking about um the you were saying you guys interview students for road to the horse when you're doing stuff like that or recruiting for the program like what qualities and skills are you looking for in your students i mean interesting that it's i'm going to turn that around a little bit because okay we we have to in our way, because we're a two-year college and we're a four-year mm -hmm. college at the same time, which is a unique situation to be in, uh, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, so yeah. we anybody can come to a two-year college. So mm -hmm. we we kind of bring us your tired, your poor, whatever, and that's the way we look at each one of our classes. And we have such a a wide variety of skills and interests. Right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. what I'm going to say is. What do you think makes a successful student in our operation? Uh, that's a good question, and, and I can answer that. Uh, I'm not saying that <laughs> okay. we look for that particularly in our students because we're going to take whoever shows up. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So how are they going to be successful? Really is the question. How? How? What? What makes you think they're going to be successful? I think all the soft mm -hmm. skills that we can talk about that we all know about. You know, dedication. Do you? You know showing up on time are you you know are you actually showing up at all are you doing the work mm -hmm. and those are all student you know uh, professor relationship but i think i think the real key to success is a real simple word and it's called de thinking the idea of thinking and observing are two key factors of success i believe of almost anything now what that means is is that you're looking, you're just looking around and watching what things are going on. And that's kind of not necessarily intuitive with the human being. The human beings most of the time are very direct line thinkers. Go do this. Okay. <laughs> Did you see that rattlesnake over there? No, I didn't see that rattlesnake. I wasn't looking. You told me to go over there and pick up a piece of wood, but there was a rattlesnake over there. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. You didn't tell me to look for rattlesnakes. You told me to go pick up that wood. So you see, it's, it's yeah. this per perceptions of looking at the world and looking mm -hmm. around you and then observing and remembering and comparing Tom Dorrance. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're also in the process of the key to success of working with horses or any animals mm -hmm. is to think. Mm -hmm. Ray Hunt, big capital letters in this book. Thinking. <laughs> I, I remember that from our textbooks. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, those are, you know, you, you kind of want to say, well, okay, let me give you this long winded discussion. Well, how do you think? Well, I, I am a firm believer that there is a process of thinking. Yeah. I can teach somebody, mm -hmm. try to teach somebody that process. Mm -hmm. It's called critical thinking, looking at different alternatives, looking at your options. So we, we have an opportunity with young folks to, to, and I, I think that's what I, um, I emphasize in my class. I don't care what you're talking about. I, that's what I emphasize. Yeah. And I I also, before I forget, I want to ask you, because hopefully, like we've said before, a lot of people that we want to have listened to this podcast are 
prospective students or might already be college students in equine programs similar to yours. Um, inter internships are something that um, I think all of us as hosts have experienced on different levels from ranging from really positive to not so positive. And I was wondering if you could give us some advice um, for college equine students who are looking for internships. What are some things they should look for in their college internship and what are some things they should maybe look out for? Well, let me tell you that right in our four-year degree, which is in uh, equine and ranch management, it's a four-year degree, it is a requirement for graduation that they do at, at least uh, six units of internship, okay. uh, which means that they have to at least spend one summer someplace. So I'm very familiar with what you've just asked. Mm -hmm. But I think that we, what I, what we look for, because we get real, uh, we being, there's another uh, professor that works that is in charge of internship, not me personally, uh, but uh, we look for programs that will actually give students a learning opportunity. In other words, everybody needs somebody to work for free to uh, muck out the stalls. Everybody needs mm -hmm. I need one of those. If you know somebody, I can call that. I can I can call that the <laughs> internship, but that's not an internship. Right. Internship mm -hmm. is the ability to share knowledge, experiences with that student. So that's what you're. That's what the students are. That's what we look for in potential. Uh, we get real picky about where we send our students because we need to mm -hmm. make sure they can come back with something that would you do all summer? Well, I, you know, I polished the boss's car all summer. Well, they didn't get anything from there. I think that was your point. They didn't get anything from there. So what we need to do is we need, we need that commitment from the wherever that is to say, are you going to share some stuff with this folks? Because and then and then we actually set up a program that we try to force the person into it because they students have to do certain things that they have to ask questions. They just can't be sitting up doing something. So okay. it's hmm. interesting that I, I would really, you know, you're, if you're being interviewed by the, um, the particular potential position that you're going through, you should do the same thing to them. And, and as a student, I would advise them to really ask some really hard questions and, and to be upfront and say, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn, and I, I and here's the, here's some of the things that I would like to have exposure to, wherever this mm -hmm. operation is. I, I have to be general because I can't talk about one place. Right, right. So, so yeah. I, I, that's why I said I I need to know. So to answer your question is really point blank to the student. You got to get your stuff together to say, well, what what are, what are what do you think your weaknesses are, in reference to your personal knowledge and experience. So go after those and make sure that you can have an opportunity to develop those. What you have said, you know, you being the individual saying, I, I really need some more experience because I really want to do this. Okay. I want to, I want to start Colts. Uh, well, you try to get to a place that starts Colts. If you're just going to get to a horse place that like, uh, if you just work at a, you know, a riding stable, you're just taking out people taking rides all day long. You're never going to get an opportunity to start a Colt. You rode horses. But that's not what your interest was. So I think that needs the student has to really kind of analyze that themselves. If I love that. I wish yeah. I had called you before my college interviews. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, do you guys just have like a list of people that you send students to? They can't just like go pick whoever they want. Uh, yes and no. Like, we have, we okay. do have a list. Okay. And we have some really good spots and we have to really pick the right person to go there because mm -hmm. it's really a good spot. And if we send uh, somebody that might not work out, then that ruins us for the next year having it. So we're very sensitive about that. And yeah. then we do, we do allow students to, to make opportunities. And that's that's what relates. Uh, uh, Ava, that's what we're trying to say is, you see, if somebody, if a student says, I want to go to Uncle Frank's for my internship, well, we have to, we look real carefully and we do that same evaluation I just got finished talking about to that particular site to make sure that they're going to get something out of it. And then we'll say, nah, you got to try somebody different. Uncle Frank, it's just not going to cut it all the time. <laughs> Uncle Frank, yeah, yeah. Uncle Frank's <laughs> going to get you to clean the stalls out and work pickup. I guarantee you, I met a few Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got, you know, the term Karen. Now we've got a whole new term now. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. The Uncle Frank's of the horse industry. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah. great. <laughs> 
So talking about internships, how do you feel about paid internships? Because I know when students go into unpaid situations, they can either get really lucky where they have some sort of financial compensation, like free board, free hay, maybe they get some shoeing in the deal. But how do you feel about basically unpaid internships for students? Well, it's kind of interesting. If, if, if there's a good place, uh, and we, we see this a lot because a lot of our students, students are interested in training horses, let's say uh, with specific like uh, National Rain Cow Horse Association kind of horses, uh, maybe cutting, uh, you know, doing those kinds of events. We have, uh, we have a pretty good, we have some pretty good trainers that take our students and they do different things. Sometimes they pay them a little bit, sometimes they don't. But if they're really good and they'll take a student, you, we say you better go. Yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I even if they're going to throw you a couple of crumbs, you know, uh, it's because they don't have to pay you. They just yeah. don't because they have they have a list this long of people. So when they come when they come to us and say, we want one of your students, we kind of, you know, kind of, hey, it, it, whatever that deal me. is, we, we kind of stay out of the money part uh, as a college. But that's between them. And, and we always try to say, hey, you got to give them something, uh, you know, at least you know, the food, just like you said, fuel or whatever. But I, I'm a I'm a firm believer that a good internship, paid or not, is a good internship. I don't I don't think we should just eliminate it just for you if you're going to get some kind of return. I think if if it's mm -hmm. the right place for you, I think you ought to move heaven and earth to be there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like that just like reminds me of in my professional career now. Um, how valuable it is to me to work with or go take lessons with or learn from people who are not only like, you know, experts in what they do in the horse industry, but who are really good people. Um, yeah. Because in that situation, it's worth driving the extra hour or it's worth yeah. maybe yeah. as an intern, not getting paid. If you can be around really good people really good people that's a special well thing. And, and let me look you know even let me pull out and i know what your definition is the same as mine what really good is because it's kind of a big field there is sure. people <laughs> are, are, are willing to share they're just yeah. frankly they're really to share what they know and mm -hmm. they're basically are enthusiastically saying you you know let me show you this if you're interested that it's amazing how many people how many folks out there that have done a whole different career, uh, never been teachers, they just done what they've done, but it, it's just pushes a button to them to, to have somebody come up. And, I really want to learn about 10% of what you know. And <laughs> people are, they're just, they just go boom, they bloom. They go, God, you're the first person that ever cared. It, those are great opportunities and, yeah. and they're out there. Uh, especially in our industry, I think in the ag agriculture, uh, ranching, cattle, horses, it, it's amazing how how open and sh how sharing they are. You go to a big event uh, in 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 Texas. Uh, you know, we we see this in college rodeo. Uh, everybody's they're they're not competing against one another. They're competing, uh, you know, against the animals that's that's the competition right. and so they're more than willing to bend over backwards to help they're the person that's going to beat them you know uh, today they'll say right. oh no your saddle's wrong let me fix it you know that kind of stuff I, that mm -hmm. kind of camaraderie is 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 a good thing mm -hmm. absolutely so that brings me to what i want to talk about you know with students who have done a college internship they're graduating um, and they're just breaking into the horse industry, you know, um, as professionals now for the first time. Um, what is some advice you could give a young person kind of fresh out of college who's trying to get into the horse industry? Well, the, it's a the big question, sorry. But <laughs> no. Yeah, this reminds me of the question that, that I've been asked from my career by parents. Parents come, here's my daughter. My daughter's loved horses her whole life. And yep. we don't know if this is a good idea to have her come and talk <laughs> her about horses. We love her to be a chemist. And mm -hmm. and there was, so the dad looks at me and says, okay, what's my daughter going to be able to do when she gets out of school? <laughs> what's yeah. her career? And I'm going, oh, yeah. 
Exactly. So that's kind of, thanks, Ava. That's the question you just asked me. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, those were my parents, so. Those were oh, my oh. parents, too. No, my my dad says the best day of his life was the day I told him I wanted a business degree. <laughs> yeah, 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 really, really. Yeah, it, that was just to cover up what you really wanted to do. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was all a cover up. <laughs> um, but, what I think is the key here is I think you have to start networking really early. Mm. Uh, in other words, if, if and that's hard to say what you should have done. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you're asking, okay, here's a here's a senior. Uh, it's in June and they're looking around saying, well, what do I do? I want to get a job now. It's that's that's a whole different challenge. So let's talk about. Let's let's hopefully that there's a student out there who might listen to this that's a junior or a sophomore. That's when they need to begin to be able to figure out what that what area they want to be in and start hanging around and getting to know folks in that field. That's the big deal because uh, that that's the way to to we networking is really what the, the official term is. But it's just getting to know folks. So then somebody's going to hear about somebody and all of a sudden there's opportunities out there based on, well, somebody's looking for this help. And then that's how you know it. This usually in our industry, there isn't a job blog that's out there. Right. As much as it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just know people that know somebody that said, this is a good fit for you. I was uh, just going to ask, what do you do? Uh, what do you tell the students that didn't have that hindsight in their sophomore and junior year? <laughs> they're, they're preparing to graduate oh, and they want to break in. You know, it's, I don't appreciate you paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. used to, I've been a professor for so many years that I put so many people, Meg, to sleep, and you actually listened to what I said. And I tried to get away from you telling, talking about the person <laughs> when they graduated and they weren't prepared for the job. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm the person who pays attention to everything and asks a, a whole list of questions. <laughs> Meg has asked me more questions that I was totally unprepared for than probably anyone ever in my entire life. (laughs) Well, I think uh, one of the things that, you know, how do you find a job is what you're saying. And that is, uh, is just getting a resume and beating the bush. I mean, it's the old story. If you want to work at a ranch, you've got to kind of, now we'll get in with the internet and what we can do on the, uh, over, you know, emails and what people are asking. Uh, I, I'm pretty amazed that the world is is pretty is pretty small now because you can see that there's a job in Montana. And I think the Megan, the best advice is, don't if you really want to go to work, mm-hmm. don't say I want to go to work within ten miles of my boyfriend's house uh, because <laughs> you probably won't get a job. <laughs> I don't think that's a problem for her. <laughs> I love that so much on so many levels. I don't yeah. even know where to start. <laughs> but what happens is, is that, yeah, don't, don't go there, Ava, please. Uh, the, I'm really, what I'm basically saying is you, you have to be really flexible. That would be my advice is there might be something in Canada and you're going to go, I've never been to Canada. I don't know. And it's a good job. Then you're just going to have to bite the bullet and get brave and just jump in and get out of your comfort zone and go do it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think pe- what students do, what I see it, they limit themselves to such a small perimeter. Their their corral is very small. I, I want to be in Northern California. Well, but there's some in Oregon. Uh, no, I have to be. You see, so that would right. be my advice. I said it, there's a lot of positions. There's a lot of people that need help. And if you could say I'll go anywhere if it's a good job, that that would be my advice to the graduating class. If I was speaking at commencement. What do you do to help prepare students for that in the program so that they might be able to go into the industry and actually leave their comfort zone? (laughs) There she goes again. (laughs) Damn it, Meg. (laughs) I should have been a host. (laughs) He's putting me to shame right now. I mean, Meg, if you think <laughs> all of this in this uh, uh, little event doesn't know that these you are asking these questions for you, that we know better. We know better. We uh, see you, Meg. <laughs> we see you. We see you. Uh, I believe. I, I believe really. Uh, 
for our students, and this is kind of the past tense, unfortunately, we we drag. Uh, I, the best story I can give you is uh, Nick Dowers was a, was a student of mine uh, mm -hmm. for a couple years, and he went on. And what what he did is he got a hold of my good friend Brian Newbert, and uh, Brian Newbert came. And Brian tells the story because he comes every year here and he goes and says, you know, I got this Nick Dowers guy and I did a clinic there. Brian, I mean, Brian and Nick never met. He never, Nick never saw him before. Did a clinic here for a couple of days like he does. And Nick, at the end of the clinic, Nick goes up to Brian and says, where are you going next from here? <laughs> he goes, well, I, I got another clinic and over here. And he goes, would you mind if I came to that clinic? And he goes, no. And he, and sure enough, he dodged school, went to that clinic. And what he did is that that was, and, he, and they both tell that story. And he just started learning that way. And we bring people in like a Nick Dowers and they see our students, like our, our associate uh, uh, professor we just hired, uh, Susanna Campbell, graduated from this program, went to mm -hmm. Colorado State, got her master's worked with Nick Dowers and Nick Dowers picked her up when she was going to school here and said, Hey, you want to come to work for me? And she did. And she worked through with him all the way through college and after college and got to be, and then we snuck her away from there. Uh, you stole her I, back. Yes, <laughs> she's running our horse program now. Uh, so mm -hmm. where that difference is, is that that's what I'm talking about networking is get this opportunity to find people in wherever you need to be. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there for that. I mean, I, I, it is, I wish we had a better way of tracking our students, which we don't. Uh, and, and, and that was where they're working, but we just hear different things and what they're doing that, that will contact us. You know, it's hard to contact them, but surprisingly enough, I, I am, Meg, I'm very optimistic that there's opportunities out there because there is for a bunch of different students with so many different levels of talent. You have right. hope. Don't worry, Meg. You can do it. <laughs> I wasn't really asking for myself. I was asking for the people that might feel a little stuck. I, I hopefully have some plans. <laughs> I think she's just, that's a nice way of calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always. Actually, I stole that question from her. <laughs> Well, I think a good a good impact mm -hmm. that we're doing here is that there's somebody out here that's relating to something we're saying, we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I know I am. I know well I am now, yeah. but certainly me ten years ago is relating to this. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think that's that's how uh, I think that's what what good uh, experiences are are making those mistakes and then, you know, and not only making mistakes but hopefully they're not drastic mistakes, but then learning from those and then moving on. I mean, I, that's the best teacher for me is my mistakes for sure. W mm -hmm. Without a doubt, best teacher I've ever mm -hmm. had was, mm -hmm. and fortunately they're not terrible mistakes. I, I haven't spent 10 years in prison. <laughs> Same. Uh, I that's haven't good. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be a big mistake. You know what I mean? So. That was my next question. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> have yeah. you been to federal well, I, prison? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, how do you stay out of prison? I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Don't so ask that question, Meg. Yeah, yeah I, I, I refuse to answer that without my attorney present. <laughs> well, so if if you haven't been to prison, then what were some of the <laughs> what were some of the most valuable um, learning experiences you had when you were younger, like learning to work with horses, or you know? I know, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got it. Russell's I'm not, picking I'm not, up what we're putting down. I mean, I he's do, on. Oh, it. I do. I do. <laughs> Uh, you're you're not the first group of, uh, of folks that I've worked with, <laughs> my career, trust me. And uh, you know, in reflecting of that, what you asked me is this: is that I felt that it was really necessary for me to learn that other people didn't have to tell me I was doing a good job. I, I needed to learn that I could be pretty satisfied with myself of saying is I tried pretty hard and I probably could be better, but I, I don't have to rely on other people 
to uh, necessarily validate me. And, and that was a really tough lesson for me to learn. I was very fortunate earlier in my career, what I told you when I was working in high school for this one gentleman, mm-hmm. um, that was a really, he was a mentor of mine. He wasn't, he knew something about horses, but that wasn't where he was a mentor. He just was, he was an educator, uh, came back from World War II, went, wow. survived the beach of Normandy, you know, oh, I mean, he was wow. a, as a, a, as an officer. And mm. he would never, I worked for him for what, six years when I was a young and very influential. And he never said anything. He, he never really gave me any, like, you're a really neat guy. You know, I didn't get too many trophies from him. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. his wife was a wonderful person. She's just a wonderful person. So I always kind of confide, says, you know, so-and-so never really said anything. He goes, did he, has he talked to you? Has he said anything like you need to do this or need to do that? And I go, no, he never says anything. He goes, that's the best compliment you'll ever get from him. Mm. He says, if you're screwing up, he will let you know. <laughs> or not, he will just let you kind of go around and watch you grow. And, and if you're doing something that you should not have done because you should have got it better yourself, you learn to get better, he would say something. So I, I that was a real fortunate thing. And reflecting back, I felt that my advice would be to people is, you, you got to really make sure that you have the self-confidence, not cockiness, but the self-confidence that you don't need to rely on other people to make sure that you're worth something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work on that yourself because it's so, wow. we live in a society that will really beat you up. Yeah. Wow, you mm-hmm. don't know nothing. You're not very good. And there's people out there that are way better than you, especially in our line of work where there's a skill component to it. You can, there's better horse trainers, there's better uh, everything when it comes to, to working with horses. Yeah, and there is, but yeah. that doesn't mean you don't have a place. That doesn't right. mean you don't have a place. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to kind of overcome that. Mm-hmm. That would be my thought. Oh my gosh. I don't know where that came from. Uh, it spoke to my soul. So it really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm going back to college. I'm telling my husband right now. Going. Yeah, you're. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, she's. Do you, have any, chil- do you have any children yet? Do no, any- sir. No, 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 no. I'm. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still the full time starting Colts. So, I think well, pregnant I, I, pregnancy and that would be. A, yeah, that makes it. That's a little bit of a challenge, isn't it? Well, tricky, would, that, tricky deal to navigate. <laughs> that children is uh, another learning tool that you will go through if you have if you decide to do that. That's a learning experience as well. Trust me. Life yeah, life. my parents, they had five kids. I'm the fifth and they, I think they would testify to that. I think I hear them saying that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not always with a smile on their face. God bless yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, as I said, I, what I think is the case is, is that we're, we're trying to help people uh, when they're standing there trying to look for a job as a senior. We're trying to help people uh, as they're just getting into college, you know. So, but there's so many different levels that you go through. I mean, I've had, I've had students come back to me and after they left here, graduated 10 years, you know, 15 years, they come back and they apologize. They apologize. They said, look, it, I, I'm sorry. I really screwed up. I mean, when I was coming here, I was really, and I go, do you think I remembered that? I don't because I have to forget that because it's a learning process. You're 18 years old for heaven's sakes. Now you're right. 28 years old and you want to apologize for being 18. Give me a break. I'm done with that. I forgot. <laughs> I don't even know who you are, but now I do. <laughs> now I do. So that process that we, we have to realize that we're in this evolutionary change to try to be, to move into adulthood. Oh boy. Uh, and that, that's a, everybody, everybody moves at different, different paces like that. And we have to realize that our horse skills have to be able to go and match that too. If you are kind of squirrely, uh, your horses will be squirrely. And when you start getting your stuff together, what a surprise. Uh, you What a surprise. Your horses get better. Just watching these students t- this morning with their colts. And I, I know these students. I have them in class. And I'm just watching them. And uh, and we, we, we get ready. We start a bunch of colts. These, these young ladies, they start a lot of colts. And they're pretty darn good. Uh, right. And mm-hmm. they don't, the, uh, the two teachers that were out there, Tess and Suzanne, we're talking, talking about coffee and me spilling coffee on myself and all that kind of stuff. 
that's what we talk and their students are jumping on colts for the first ride and we're not we're not doing our job but the whole point is i know those students they weren't that way when they first got here right so mm -hmm. they evolved to that level we have to all remember that i think on a daily basis we're evolving we'll be better tomorrow trust me mm -hmm. you'll be better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. we have time for one more question before our wrap-up question okay Great. i'll try <laughs> okay. to be short <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? I'm loving this. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. I'm so glad we had you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I have a question that um, we haven't, I don't think we've asked any of our other guests this question, but I was wondering if you could tell us about a horse in your history of working with horses that really stood out and was kind of a, one of those life changers and what they taught you. This horse was uh was called billy and he i got him as a two-year-old and big stout horse big big strong horse and was the most uh, and i used him on the ranch because i i live on a cattle ranch i have a cattle ranch and we, i used him as a colt on the ranch and by far he was an amazing uh, horse I, i've never i've never read i've never been on a horse that was so big and strong and so cowy just you you just had to hold on he, and that just his was his in his genetics mm -hmm. but he had one little problem he bucked uh -oh. you off and <laughs> he would buck you off for no reason in other words i there was a, now that i'm older i know there was a reason but i never could figure it out because right. I had so many spur marks. When you get bucked off horses a lot, your spurs were over the seat of your saddle. And you can see all the tracks. We used to count when we used to count when I used to cowboy, we used to see all those tracks. Says, well, you can sure ride. Look at all this, the, the <laughs> tracks on the seat. So he would buck me off. He would buck my son off. And, but he was the best horse we ever had. So everybody, nobody was afraid because we never knew what all of a sudden he would just would go, I think I'm going to buck you off. And, and you go, but I didn't do anything. Well, as he got older, uh, luckily it didn't hurt me or hurt anybody. But as we got older, he started having a navicular disease. And he was he got really, really sore. He was just lame in his front feet because his navicular was so bad. Mm -hmm. But I, this is what the, I'll never forget of this horse. So what would happen is, is that he'd walk around like he's walking on eggs, because that's what it's like on the big here. You kind of walk on your heels and you put a saddle on him. And I mean, it's like cruel. You think like, well, I'm going to put it, I'm going to ride you. You put a saddle on him. And if there was cows in the other, uh, the other corral, he wouldn't be lame anymore. It was the damnedest thing I've ever, ever seen. I've never seen a horse like this. He would be sound while you're working cows because he wanted to work those cows so bad. So that he just totally forgot, I guess, that he was hurt. And he was, he had so much heart. I think one time the same horse, mm. I know we're going to run out of time, but the same horse, you asked the question. We're good. We're good. He was trying to, a cow, a big old nasty cow was coming at the gate. We were watching the gate and this cow was coming full blast at, at this gate. And, and this horse, Billy was the thing. He goes, you want a piece of me? He ran full blast. And he took his chest and ran right into the post, the gate post. I mean, full. and he stopped that cow, hit him in the shoulder and rolled back this way. And he was such a big horse, he can do that. But that's the kind of horse he was. He he was incredible. He, he had so much nobility and so much style. But that was a horse that I'll never forget. I have other, I'm just telling you that. I'll tell you that story. <laughs> why, why do you think he bucked now that you're older? Oh, yeah. To this day, to this day, I don't know. I really don't know because you could put pressure on him. It wasn't like you put too much pressure on him. He's going to blow up or if you spur him. No, it wasn't that at all. I, I, I really, of all my years, I really don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. Horses, man. <laughs> I tell you I what. Know. I know. I know. I'm, he humbled me pretty bad. So no, I, I don't know what I did. I don't know what we did. And, and different people, you know, my son rode him. I rode him. I mean. He he was, it wasn't the people, it was just, it was just his mindset. Interesting. Huh. Well, All so right. I know we're getting no, here. you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. 
we just have like a rough time that we want to hit. It's we can go over. <laughs> well, I'm having way too much fun. I don't stop. <laughs> this is a good time. This is the way yeah. to spend a Friday. Well, if right? you ever want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome. <laughs> we like chatting. No, I I want to I want to wrap us up with one more question. We do have one thing that we ask everybody at the end of every podcast. What is like the what would you tell your younger self what's the advice you would give your younger self as like just a short little instagram caption sort of phrase (laughs) come on russell give us your instagram caption (laughs) i've seen that happen but i've seen people a letter to themselves you ever seen that where people write a letter to their young self Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited Uh, for this that's kind of a a question that is i I kind of wrap that up in some of the things i've already said but i i would say if i if i look back and say because i've had such a good life i've been really Mm -hmm. really fortunate i i've been married to the same first second and third wife you know all these years (laughs) uh and i had two great kids uh, one of my, one of, they live, one, one of my, uh, my daughter lives on the ranch and my grandkids are right next door. I would yeah. say, I would say, Hey, you're in for a good ride. You're in for a good ride. And I want to say, don't, you know, take it as it comes and, and make sure that, you know, you're smiling and I, I want to make sure that in, I would say is, is be kind. I've heard that used before. But I think that makes such a difference of how other people react to you. Yeah. And I think that's that's the best advice I can say. If 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 you got good people and they're they're reacting positive to, to you, then you must be doing something right. Yeah. And if everybody's walking around saying, I don't want to be around that person, then and I think that the best advice I can say is just keep that smile on your face and keep going because things are going to be pretty good. At least they were for me. And that was not me having a plan. That was this making just me going through life and trying to treat people reasonably and fairly. And yeah. I just, I just have loved it. I've been very fortunate. I've had a very good life to date. Yeah. Yeah. Hope that- well, we hope it continues that way, Russell. Thank you so <laughs> much. Right. Thank so you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Real Life Horsemanship. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guest today. And if you'd like to keep up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook.